0: Raised to Walk Podcast, Episode 8. Welcome to the Raised to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Carla Alvarez So I've talked about what the gift of discerning of spirits is and what the purpose is. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about how to develop the gift of discerning of spirits. As I've said before, discerning of spirits is one of the knowledge spiritual gifts. You know, it can be used to determine the source of what, might, uh, what appears to be manif- manifestations of the power and speech gifts versus false signs. And um, one thing to remember is that even though things may be, um, you know, talked about in the Bible, like speaking in tongues is in the Bible and it's one of the spiritual gifts, but there are also false false tongues. And there are also tongues that are um, inspired by evil spirits and they have false tongues in the occult. So just because someone's speaking in tongues doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. The other thing is even healing you know, there can be healings based on false power. I don't necessarily think that they'll stick um, or it may exchange one problem for another, but you do have to recognize that there can be healings of from false spirits. So you have to be careful about people that you go to to have pray for you because you don't you may be sincere but it it, this is part of the whole testing the spirits that's why discernment you know we have to judge based by what people the scope of their whole lives and what they say and if what they're saying and doing lines up with God's word not saying any of us are perfect but we kind of have to be able to determine who their source is and then also just straight out discerning a spirit sometimes you can just tell that something's Not right. It also helps us in identifying situations that need intercession. So, how do you develop the gift of discerning spirits? So, first, the first of all, every single experience that we have should be tested against the Word of God. You know, if you think you have this gift, or if you want to develop this gift, as it says in the Bible that we're supposed to desire the gifts, it's really important to make. Reading and studying and memorizing the Word of God part of your daily lifestyle. You have, because you have to have a solid foundation to work from. It's not enough to just um, listen to a few passages in church or even go to the Bible study once or twice a week. You need to be doing it for yourself. You know, having your own faith and have your own. Um, not relying on the faith of other people or for other people to tell you what God's word says you need to be seeking it out and just really taking it in yourself otherwise just just forget about you can't discern anything if if you don't have that it's also important to be with a group of like-minded believers you know first it's part of the reason is to be able to test what works, what you're personally experiencing to see if it's from God or not and to judge your your own assessment. And also it helps to have other people to learn from. And another important consideration when you're developing your gift is looking at who you're under authority to. The one obvious authority is your church, but this could be other organizations you're involved with. And when it comes to spiritual authority, you have to be very careful about who you put yourself under. If you're under someone who is completely wacky and goes goes off-roading from the Word of God and doing their own thing, obviously you're going to have some issues developing proper discernment as to what's from God and what isn't. They're not going to be able to give you proper feedback because when you're under someone as a student or under their authority, there's kind of an implied consent to what they're doing, that what they're saying is right. And so if it's not then, you know, it's going to distort your whole view. And you can get kind of a seared conscience in certain areas if the person that you're under is uh, not right in that area. The op- but the opposite situation can also hinder the development of your gift. You know, if you're in a church or under the authority of an organization that denies like one or even all the gifts, you probably won't develop that gift at all, or if you do, it will be severely stunted, and it, and you won't have anybody to help train you. Um, at the wrap-up dinner for the organizers and volunteers for the March of the Remembrance this past year, one of the location organizers shared how much she enjoyed being part of the March team and um, in the church that th- that she and her husband were now part of, and uh, she is a seer. She literally sees in the spirit realm like angels demons other stuff going on she didn't go into a lot of detail i kind of wanted to talk to her more about that but anyway she had this gift and uh, then she and her husband joined a church that they didn't believe that didn't believe that the the gifts were in operation and didn't support them and she said her gift is shut down she stopped seeing and it was like the spirit had been quenched so A few months um, before they started volunteering for the march, they had changed churches and the church did believe in spiritual gifts in a very big way. But even though they switched churches, she still didn't begin operating in that gift again until someone prayed with her and it was reactivated. It was almost kind of like a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, a little bit after that, I was considering volunteering for an organization and I was like so absolutely positive that i was going to get involved in it that i bought the books they had this training ahead of time before you could actually volunteer but so i bought all the books for the training i looked at options for childcare i said i like had the days for the volunteer training like on my on my phone i had set it aside and i so i sat down to fill out the training the volunteer training application they had a they had an, an application just for the training so I filled out the whole application, all twelve pages, and then and I initialed the statement of faith and but when I got to the last paragraph before I signed it, there there was a final agreement that I had to acknowledge. It basically said that they acknowledged that different different denominations, you know, believed different things, but that it didn't prevent the church from working together you know even though you don't have don't totally agree with somebody you can still you know work with them which i totally agree with you know and in the march we had all different major denominations participating and you know they people have some pretty different ideas on certain doctrine doctrines but then in the next sentence it said that you agree not to discuss or participate in and then it listed a whole laundry list of things like deliverance healing basically anything that had to do with any of the power gifts were a no I can understand that things like speaking in tongues makes people uncomfortable. You know, it's not my gift, but I know that a lot of people, I know a lot of people who, who have it, including many of the people who volunteer at the healing room, they don't pray in tongues in the healing room. You know, for one thing, when in public, tongues aren't supposed to be used unless there is someone who can t- interpret it. And that is straight from the Bible. It's uh, 1 Corinthians four twenty seven through twenty twenty eight. And second, you know, people come from all different denominations and backgrounds. And so not only are the gifts not given for confusion, but they are to build people up, not to make them uncomfortable. So that is also in First Corinthians 14. It, it talks about that. But there's a difference between refraining from using a gift out of consideration for someone else and then flat out denying them. And I just felt that, that the way it was phrased, I felt like, that was what I would be doing if I signed it. I mean, the wording was just so odd. And so I, I sent an email to the contact person asking for clarification. And the response I got was, thanks, we'll update the application. So I took that as a no from God. This is not a group that I was to get involved with. You know, I don't know if there's a connection with this, between this or not. But, you know, since then, you know, the frequency and the intensity of like what I've, I've been experiencing has increased. So, I mean, I think that's kind of a, cool thing. So I almost feel like, almost like a a crossroads, you know, do I continue in seeking after the gifts of spirit or do I deny them? And so that, you know, the the fact that what I've been experiencing has increased, I, I take that, you know, kind of as a, kind of a, a yes in it. To recap, to begin developing the discerning of spirits, you, you need to make a priority to read, meditate, and memorize the Word of God. You need to be able to have it on tap so that when something comes up, you're you're ready. You know, you have an answer. You know the verse. You you have a, you have a response. The second thing is to really focus on developing your prayer life. You know, pray to God and also pay attention to what He's telling you. And the third thing is to be under a spiritual authority that just that supports. The discerning spirits, and finally, to have a group of believers and a sort of an accountability team of sorts to test what you are experiencing, to be able to correct you if needed, and to help you grow in the gift. And one other thing, I just I want to point out. Sometimes I think that it's real easy when you start experiencing things; it's it's easy to get caught up in the experience, and it's not about. You know, we focus on the experiential rather than the relationship. That's when we really get off. You know, it's just those types of experiences are just kind of a natural outcome of walking with a supernatural God. So we need to really focus more on our walk with God and just recognize that that kind of stuff is going to come versus chasing after the experiences. Because if you're chasing after experiences... At some point, you're going to kind of lose your your compass as to what God, what is God and what isn't. And the other thing too is that we never get too good for God. We never get to a point where we are beyond needing his redemption and restoration in our life. Psalm 51, 10 through 12 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And I think that it's important to recognize that it's not about us. You know, that that even on our best day, we're still, you know, with without God's His Holy Spirit working in and through us, we'd never be good enough. Our, our actions are never going to be good enough. So, we have to let god clean us out that even even our attempts at cleaning our getting rid of our garbage is not good enough that he has to do it for us and so we are more than conquerors through christ but we never get beyond christ we we always have to depend on him and depend on god and so sometimes i've seen this in a lot of um people in ministry where they have very public ministries. I think the more public your ministry, the the bigger the pitfalls are about falling away or getting full of yourself rather than, you know, kind of pushing God out. I mean, you say it's, you know, the, they'll still say it's about God, but it's really, you know, there becomes a pride and they put themselves beyond, like they they think they still don't have have those dark corners. Like Jesus talks about, when your life is full of no dark corners, then your light will shine out. You're like we, we always have to be working on cleaning out those dark corners. When we think that we're there, that's I think that's when we're, we're the most um, at risk for falling. So we're always supposed to walk humbly before our God. If you feel like... I'm not righteous enough for God. Well, you know what? You're kind of in a good place because Jesus said he came for the sinners, right? And so if, if we know that we can't do it without him, then he can work with us. If we think we got it covered, he'll let us go on our own. And on your own without God is really not somewhere we want to be. Particularly if you are or have been in the ministry, you're going to be a prime target for the enemy. So let's just close with a quick prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your care for us, for your gifts of discerning of spirits. Thank you for all the spiritual gifts that you give to us to encourage us, to build each other up, and also to just show us how much you love us. And help us not to get so wrapped up in chasing after experiences or thinking that the gifts are all about us, but to remember that they're about you and that they come from you. And that without you, every gift and any gift, no matter how how grand or how anointed, can be distorted and used in the hands of the enemy. So keep us within your care, Lord, within the palm of your hand, and help us to walk humbly before you, Lord, and to realize that it's only through you that we can really have a clean heart and clean hands. And I pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.